Welcome, Pathfinders, to Find the Path Podcast Actual Play of the Mummy's Mask Adventure Path. Where we're finally gonna fight Nefaru set. It's true. I, I don't I don't know if I'm that excited about it. It's, it's kind of like the final boss fight where it gets teased out and you're like kind of excited that it's finally here, you know? Oh, she's like, gonna oh, be I've dangerous as Oh, she's gonna be dangerous as I'll get out, but <laughs> I'm excited to fight her because we've been hearing about her for like three books. I'm actually almost more worried about her than Hawketep, to be honest. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little nervous for you guys, to be perfectly uh -oh. honest. I, I, don't, uh -oh. I don't like when you say that. That that that's She's got a lot good. of save or die spells, doesn't she? <laughs> She's just got a lot of stuff. I've had to read a lot. She's so. a divine caster, <laughs> and high-level divine casters I always feel like are more dangerous than high-level arcane casters. So is it still quote-unquote divine if it's yeah. from scary void beings? <laughs> yes, those are her deities. <laughs> I mean, I, technically, I, they're gods, yeah. What is a god but a powerful outsider? <laughs> what is a god but a miserable little pile of secrets? I guess that's true. I guess there's just, I have a different connotation with divine. Mm -hmm. That's true. This yeah, is the this bad is kind of the divine. The not happy good divine. This is the bad, <laughs> yep. this is the bad divine. Sad times. Sad times. <laughs> so, uh, well, I suppose we should go ahead and recap. So, uh, when last we had left our heroes, the doorkeepers deep inside of the inner sanctum of Hakatep, had made their way through Hakatep's siblings' crypts, finding the uh, the secret passage that led to a teleportation gate that had taken them into a portion of the inner sanctum that seems to have served as a a focal point, as it were, a, a bastion to the worship of the Dark God set, and possibly darker things behind the God of the Dark Desert. You had uh, explored there, and then eventually run into a creature of the uh, the outer void, a floating gelatinous ball of death uh, commonly referred to as a dark plasma ooze which was not fun did not uh, did not like that fight which was a rough fight for the party it was it was rough whenever half the party can do anything to it strict you'd had a long somewhat grueling encounter with said uh, monstrosity before it had been subsequently uh, destroyed I believe by a magic missile, but I can't remember if that's correct. I might be yeah, mistaken that with a different missile. thing. That's, yeah, yes. it was a magic missile. I believe it was a caster level one magic missile. Exactly, a caster level one magic <laughs> missile. It was awesome. Obviously not that big of a threat. <laughs> Before you'd made your way further and, uh, and entered into the, unbeknownst to you, the Hall of Neferuset, a spacious chamber. Well, not necessarily spacious so much, uh, 25 feet across for a large portion with a larger section that is more spacious. However, it has a, a central pool some 15 feet across, seemingly relatively shallow, that runs through the center of it. Uh, fitfully burning torches flickering in bronze sconces along the walls of this dimly lit chamber. A long, shallow pool of water running north to south. The pool continues south under a low archway. The water is seemingly twinkling with starlight. And to the far left-hand side, the northern portion of the room, the room widening where two regal thrones are situated on niches in a raised platform on the northern end. Before the platform, a deep green stone sarcophagus with two green basalt statues depicting tall humanoids with the heads of octopus flanking the sarcophagus and bizarre twisted sigils of alien design covering the walls of the chamber. You had a... Uh, investigated the Scrivener's Wall in the northern portion, which had simply stated, Soon, my beloved. And then subsequently opened the sarcophagus of Neferuset to find that it was empty, uh, with the <laughs> exception of a, uh, a scrawled note across the top of it stating that I have seen the dark, and it is beautiful. All must prepare for its arrival. 
Yikes. After which a voice had come out. The the room had even dimmed further than it was. A voice had come out of the, the darkened archway at the far end of the pool. All you shall inherit is the inky darkness of the void. Come, kiss us, blasphemers. Let our lips welcome you to oblivion. She's poison ivy. Watch out. I don't want oblivion. Anyway, I, I guess we're going to go down this hallway and fight as a mummy. Or she might come to us. No, no. Actually, I don't think you will. I think the party's going to roll me initiative. Oh, sh- As okay. the sound of <laughs> horrific chanting echoes out from the space beyond the archway is a dark void, dark as a starless night, and the sound of steady, wet breathing as if of some colossal beast drifting from the velvety darkness. So let me go ahead and queue up some Sirenscape. Sirenscape, almost the end. I just mm. love right now that Jessica is just dancing in the background. Like, I'm playing an after, just, and we haven't fought a spellcaster in a just, long time. Okay, she's, she's like she is open so excited. She even told me after the last episode how excited she was because she has nothing but spellcaster mess up spells. Well, that's not true. Not nothing. Ready. And it may none of it may work. That's the thing with spells. But well, yeah. But like, how excited you fun. are to get to finally cast these spells. It's true. So many books. Hollis Starkweather. Hollis rolls a 16 for a 23. Nice. Not bad. Sudi Kantar. Uh, Sudi rolls an 11 for a 17. Masika of the Beckon. I rolls a 17 for a 19. Citra Nahumra. Citra got a 15 for a 21. Nice. The artist only known as two. <laughs> Rocking a 26. Rolling an 18. All right. So, uh... Well, everyone was kind of announced to the situation, so there will be no surprise attack round. So yeah. round one of combat begins. All of you turn, looking down the distance. Again, the far end of this passageway is carved into a low archway, as in the top of the arch is only perhaps about four or five feet above the surface of the water. Enough that if you could walk on water or fly or anything like that, you should be able to plunge through. And again, despite the bright illumination coming off of Two's lambent wings, the light does not penetrate into the darkness within that archway. As you watch, however, staring there, you see floating free from that archway is a black sphere. Oh no, not another plasma ooze. This is an orb, perhaps only one foot in diameter. It is not actually accurate to even call it a black sphere. It is more that it is the absence of anything. Oh, it's a black hole. Almost as if the light around it seems to bend into it. I've seen this episode of Doctor Who. It's a black hole. The weightless sphere slowly, gently, like the spores of a dandelion, float down out of the darkness and steadily towards you. If this is a sphere of annihilation, I'm out. I was literally <laughs> thinking the exact same thing. I'm like, oh, we are in so much trouble. <laughs> that brings us to two who uh, cock his head to the side, rolls atrociously, has no idea what that sphere is. I'm really scared that this is a sphere of annihilation. <laughs> Let's hope somebody rolls to know what it is, otherwise we're just going to be guessing. Two will step forward, uh, use a standard action to go ahead and enlarge himself, planting yeah, his good, feet, okay. one nice. foot splashing down into the pool as he stares across the distance. Rad. A voice chimes in your head. I see her. She's there. There's okay, something good. in there with her. Is she in the sphere? No, the darkness beyond. There's another chamber back there. I don't know why for suddenly I thought that she might be like Galinda the Good Witch in her bubble. <laughs> if you could see through darkness, 
Yes, she's there. Also, there's something. It has tentacles. All, all of those of us who know the mythos are like, yes, yes, tentacles mm. are on brand. Uh, we go from two to something else. Right, row. I was like, Hollis is something else, technically. Yes, but not quite Hollis just yet. Uh-oh. I hate that they rolled well. This feels like we're about to enter a bullet hell game. Like <laughs> it's like the one like slow moving ball and then all the other balls start shooting out. It's freaking near, y'all, with the red <laughs> balls of doom. Oh. oh, man. There's a wavering, oddly sloshy is the only term that you can use to describe it. Sound that almost sounds like speech from somewhere inside of the darkness. And... You know, two's up at point, so uh, I'm just going to go and bounce a will save for two real quick. I'm just going to be fighting myself for a second. Hold on. <laughs> two falters for a second, just kind of shakes his head. Yep, the tentacle thing has mind powers. Also on brand. Hollis Starkweather. All right, first of all, what's this ball? <laughs> you may make a spellcraft if you so wish. All right, I'm going to roll a 13, which gets me a 40 plus two because of Senate, a 42. With a 42. That, that's, that's the answer right. to everything. You are able to recognize this. This is an extraordinarily powerful necromancy spell known as an Orb of the Void. This necromancy spell uh, creates a small weightless sphere of pure negative energy. Oh boy. Much akin to uh, the exceptionally less powerful Flaming Sphere or other spells along those lines. After being created, the caster can focus upon it and move it, uh, allowing wow. it to float up towards any creatures. Uh, any if it enters a space with a living creature, it stops moving for the round, and that creature gains one negative level. Ah, uh, any creatures geez. passing through or ending their turn in a space occupied by the sphere also gain one negative level. 24 hours after gaining the negative level, they may attempt a fortitude save to remove it. There's, of course, no save from the initial negative level. No. Wow. No, we don't have time for this. We don't like this at all. Yikes. Okay. And that's a powerful spell. Uh, I don't think I need to get into the details of uh, if more than one orb occupy the same space, they like merge together like water droplets. Um, so, I mean, that's a thing. Uh, importantly, you are also aware that an undead creature that passes through or ends its turn in the space occupied by the orb gains temporary hit points for one hour. Yeah, cool. Um, Hollis is going to go right on ahead and uh, use her rod of quicken that she's had out and uh, okay. dispel magic this orb. Yes, All please. Right. So you extend a hand, chant, and tone. I roll a 13 for a 29. You extend a hand, chant, and tone. Call upon the power of magic. Call upon that power of magic that, honestly, you probably dislike being an Ethi and the idea of destroying a magical effect. However, you tug at the strings of magic that control the system before the orb flickers and then winks out of existence. As a 29 would successfully dispel uh, up to an 18th level caster. So you think... She must not be Great. 20th level. So that was my swift action. That is correct. There's still a impenetrable wall of darkness on the far side of the chamber. She's probably not going to come out of that wall. How far back in there is she? Uh, but eyeballing it, um, 30 feet, maybe. Oh, that's pretty Straight far. ahead of you. Real close. Hmm. Okay, I'm going to ask the group. Here's what I was thinking of doing. I was thinking of putting a prismatic wall in front of the opening and forcing her to come through it if she wants to fight with us, but then nobody can get to her, but also yeah, it's darkness know, in there. Yeah, I know. They're just going to make the and fight go forever. she might just hang out in there until the forever, you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah, we don't want to do that. Well, um, Hollis is going to move forward. I think that's what Hollis is going to do. I want to be able to see her with my echolocation, and so that's only a 40-foot radius. 
So I need to get much closer. Maybe within 10 foot of the wall of darkness. Well, maybe. That seems like a bad idea. If it's pertinent. Uh, mm-hmm. Hollis, you kick off the ground, soar past two, who's still shaking his head from whatever mental domination, confusion, insanity, whatever it is that this tentacled thing in the darkness mm-hmm. was attempting to affect him with. You get about 25 feet forward, uh, still some 35 feet or so from the edge of the darkness, before you sense the first large presence of something as your echolocation echoes into the darkness and then returns to you with this in a very strange way, a sound that brings to you the sensation of slippery ills. Like a ball of slippery ills. If you can imagine somehow hearing that and then getting a tactile sense from that sound. Is it enough to know something about it? Uh, Unfortunately, no. You are aware that it is there. It's like right there. So if you want to keep flying forward, you certainly can. If it's any interest to you, it probably comes back feeling muddy. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Like the sound of it's distorted, so it's kind of a muddy view of it. Yeah. No, no, I don't think I want to do that. Um, I think I didn't want to I... make you just drop your figure like ten feet away from whatever's on the other side. <laughs> right, of range for it to strike. <laughs> I think I will pause myself here for now. Dude, throw a lightning bolt down there. <laughs> I don't have a lightning bolt. Ah, <laughs> oh, if only. I know. Um, I have a lot of single target things, which I can't. S- Wait, I can see it. I'm gonna disintegrate the tentacle mass. Whoa, cool. I have some of those. We'll see how this goes. I have no idea if it has anything. Immunity to disintegrate. Chanting and toning. uh, Begin. I believe that gives you blind sight so you can actually see its location. Mm -hmm. Uh, You extend a finger, a ray shoots into the darkness. Uh, First off, I'm going to go ahead and get that ranged touch attack from you. Okay. It's a big old tentacly boy. So maybe it's not fast. I really hope this works. (laughs) Even if I hit, there's no guarantee. Uh, I roll an 11 on the die. So that's 11. Eh. Plus that. Uh, a 23 to hit its touch AC? A 23 will not strike your target's touch AC. Oh boy. Well, that's unfortunate. As it seems that is to. Unfortunate. In, in your vague perception of it from your echolocation, you get the feeling that it almost like splits or writhes around. Again, like it's some sort of ball of eels tied together at a single point that seems to just split itself, almost like some sort of sea anemone or something floating through the air towards oh, you. Oh, it's like a flying rat king kind of thing. Y'all, there's a big old yeah. tentacle bush in there, and it's gross. Tentacle bush. <laughs> <laughs> tentacle <laughs> bush. Like a tangela, you know? <laughs> a tangela, yes. I somehow doubt it has little red shoes. Oh, that's what I wish it did. <laughs> anyway, that's my turn. I'm like, yeah. I have another one of those, but I don't know if I want to use it on it. Apparently, they have a really good touch, I see, from what you can determine. They're shockingly yeah, they're fast for their size. <laughs> they're very slippery. They're very slippery. You should have hit them with uh, an area effect. That's fair. That takes us from Hollis to Citra Nahamra. Well, I understand. It's always the wizard problem of if I can't see this thing, I don't want to drop a fireball until I know what fire actually does to it kind of thing. Yeah. Fireball. Oh, God, it hastes it. Yeah, exactly. That would have been the worst. I figured disintegrate's probably fine. Debating whether to go invisible or not. No idea. I know. Yeah, we're in that weird thing where we know literally nothing about our opponents right now other than they have a necromancy spell. I have a spell that might get, that's going to get rid of the darkness, but it also has a giant radius, so if y'all could just not get too close. <laughs> All right, well, if, with that in mind, I shall delay. All right, so delays. If you delays. need to blind me, you can. I have echolocation. <laughs> Bringing us to Masika of the Beckon. 
Uh, again, so far there was a little black orb. It's winked out of existence, and Hollis just blasted off a disintegrate through the uh, the open doorway. You hear her cursing, so you don't think that that Sunburst worked. Sunburst is an 80-foot radius burst. Oh my okay. gosh. So Masika is going to basically throw, like use the mental math that wizards and clerics can do and basically oh make sure that basically 80 feet away from Hollis is the square right in front of her. Um, and it's a long range spell, 400 feet plus 40 feet per level. So the real question is, can you even get it that far back? Who knows? Well, we're gonna we're gonna try. <laughs> Assuming you're okay with me doing this, Jess. That's fine. I have echolocation. So basically, you're targeting it as far into the darkness as you can. At least it's not gonna hit Hollis. You want it to be 80 feet past Hollis. Yes. And it has an 80-foot radius burst, so assuming this room isn't freaking ginormous, it should still hit everything in the room. So, Masika, you, Chantnit's tone, extend a hand. I call upon the, the power of your shamanistic nature abilities. A explosion of light sears out of the darkness, falling five feet shy of Hollis as it bursts from the other way as Hollis is 85 feet away from the furthest wall in the chamber. Delightful. Nice. Uh, searing Ew. blast of light consumes the room beyond. So sunburst dispels any darkness spells of ninth level or lower in the area, so the darkness should be gone. <laughs> I love that it specifies ninth level or lower. <laughs> I like there, yeah, there's spells. anything higher than ninth level in this edition. I need to know if the, the weird tentacle thing is considered, sunlight is considered harmful to it, or if it is a fungi mold ooze or a slime. The answer to all of that is no. Okay, also, so... Does Sunburst allow for spell resistance? It is does allow for spell resistance. Very well. I will need you to roll spell resistance four times. Oh, Jesus. Ooh. Well, we're getting a count of how many things are in there. <laughs> so, Lots of unfriendly creatures. The first one's a 34. The second one's a 34. The next one is a 35. And the last one is a 36. Okay. Wow. Wow, Those are some nice. killer rolls. Woo-hoo. Nice. All right, so yeah. they all, everything in the room needs to make a reflex save. Okay. Yeah. Or be blind. Ha-ha. Well, unless they're immune to it. How do you blind that which has no eyes? Well, these things usually have just too many eyes. So. 27. <laughs> yeah. 26. Uh, 31. And okay, reflexiness. 25. The 25 fails. Um, okay. So how many of these things are undead? One. Okay, so the first, the ones that aren't undead take 66 points of damage. So they'll take 25 points of damage, half of that, and they if they saved. If one of them is the one that didn't save, it's blind. Okay. And then because she's undead, she'll take 16 D6 points of damage. Dang. Dang. So good. Dang. Get her. She'll take 42 yes. unless she's the one that's saved, and then that's half. Okay. So whichever thing didn't save takes full damage and is blind. Everything else Very takes well. half. <laughs> Delightful. Oh, I hope you get her. Well, there's no way you one-shot her, but that's going to hurt. No, you're definitely not one-shotting her with 42 points of damage. But really, the most important thing is the darkness is gone. It's true. It's true. The darkness, true. that's helpful. And mummies aren't specifically destroyed by light. Otherwise, if she was the thing that failed her save, she would have died. So she like may not vampires, be a mummy. She may be that save. some creepy thing. I'm, she's probably so a mummy. You extend a hand. A burst of light sears from the far side, banishing the darkness. 
uh, and blazing through the chamber, allowing you to now see beyond the archway into what looks to be a large room beyond. As you look into the darkness, you can't make out much of the details of this chamber. Uh, in fact, uh, I'm not even positive. I think Hollis can see her. I don't know if everyone else can. I cannot nope. see her. No, there's no light in that chamber, and she's uh, just outside of 65 feet of Hollis, or 60 feet of Hollis, so. Yeah, she's a little bit outside of my uh, dark vision. While you cannot see her, uh, this immediately makes apparent this orb, this floating ball of writhing tentacles, semi-transparent mass of convulsively rolling tentacles and whip-like tendrils hovering in the air, giving off an aura of this dark alien menace mm. as it begins to steadily glide forward. Oddly, as its tentacles writhe in the air, there's a certain pattern to it almost as if it is writing or drawing sickles in the air around it with its dozens of tentacly arms as it moves. I think you gotta erase this guy, right, too? Um, Mystica uh, is gonna move 30 feet forward and Narmer is gonna... Oh, now I see it. That's gross. Um, Narmer <laughs> is gonna activate uh, Hootie so everyone gets plus one to uh, hit and uh, damage. Yep. There's a little so, humming sound yay. and this cranking noise of a key inside of a clockwork thing inside of the bag. That's that's the end of Masika's turn. Would Citra, Citra like, would to, like re to re enter the, the initiative? initiative? <laughs> All right, Citra <laughs> Nahumra. It's got tentacles, Citra. It's wiggly. There's a big old tentacle monster over there. I don't know how that really changes anything. I'm going to stab it regardless. Well, just don't get grabbed. What size? Uh, what size are these tentacle monster? Large. They're they're big. Capital L, large. Mm -hmm. All right. Well. They kind of look like angry pool noodles. <laughs> angry pool noodles? <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, and we don't know whether or not these guys have true seeing or anything, right? We know nothing about them. We don't know what they are. Okay. Unless Masika could know, I guess, but I don't I know. I mean, I don't have any knowledge of the planes. I do not, unless it's a local check. It's probably not in my <laughs> repertoire either. I don't think he's from around here. <laughs> I mean, Masika knows they're not natural, and that's a, uh, that, yep, yep. Okay. Is it made of clockwork or is it from nature? I got nothing. <laughs> That's one of the weird things. Okay. Well, I'm at least going to start moving up because I'm not used to being in the back. So. 30 feet. Oh, now I see it. Ah, that's awful. You know what that is? That's the freaking horrible thing you have to fight in the water temple in Ocarina of Time. That's what oh, that is. Oh, yeah. This is going to be an episode is. where everybody moved for forward far enough to see this thing and then had a different <laughs> thing for what oh, it God. is. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Um, I don't know. If I, I don't want think to they're kind of friendly. It's the the blue color is like a nice soothing color. <laughs> they're definitely from the plane of water. No, I, I think they're from the the depths of the darkness in outer space. I think that's yeah. where they're they from. Could be. They're just a nice color. <laughs> you know what I'm gonna do because I feel like it's appropriate for this fight. I'm gonna activate my unfettered shirt. Okay. But I I don't know what that is. What was that? I'm just waving tentacles. <laughs> oh, I, was, I thought you were trying to get my attention for something, so I was like, what, what message you. am I not receiving? Yeah, you can activate your unfettered shirt if you so wish. I mean, I, I feel like that's appropriate for this fight. So I, that, I, that's I feel what like, I'm going to do. I kind of feel like it's going to grab me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that's my turn. We're all just like, oh, tentacles. Put on your de-grabbing devices, everyone. <laughs> so, I mean, that will last you for the next 10 minutes. So, yeah. Citra runs forward, takes a look at this thing, kind of skids a bit to a halt, reaches up, and uh, in standard action, yeah, activates gross, her unfettered shirt. Sure. <laughs> yes. It's awful. Narmer, stay in the bag. 
Masika's just gonna stand by two. Two is very large and very protective, so she's just like, I'm gonna chill here by our uh, outsider oh, buddy. Another one. A second tentacly monster <laughs> begins to grope its way forward, seemingly oddly like incapable of properly perceiving its environment oh. as <laughs> its tentacles fill along the walls and touch the surrounding Distance surfaces. Has the other one's like, good God, Dave, you can't see. <laughs> yeah, Dave. Dave. His new name is Dave, and I love it. <laughs> Go ahead and make me a perception roll from uh, everyone that can see these creatures, which I think right. is everyone sans Sudi, maybe. I cannot see them, yeah. I rolled an, an 18 for a t- for 36. Okay. I rolled good. Masika rolls a 12 for a 19. You're not really looking. <laughs> I mean, why? They're gross. Why would I be looking? <laughs> I'm More assuming it's not curiosity. a trap. <laughs> no. I rolled a 16 for a 38. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Masika does not note this. However, Hollis, Citra, and Two do. Uh, as it moves forward and fills around the surfaces around it, its tentacles hit the surface, or almost seemingly do, before passing through them. No! Leaving no. this almost like ectoplasmic slime trail oh. as it begins to test the area around it. I don't They're like astral. it. astral. Or ectoplasmic. Or ectoplasmic, but from probably from like the astral plane or something like that. Well, I'm going to roll on my turn, maybe. They're probably going to give us like negative levels or something awful like that. Well, they like- tried to mess with two's mind. You know what? It's just going to keep uh, keep rolling its way forward. <sighs> Moving along at half speed there. Come it, Dave. <laughs> Dang it, it's Dave and Suzanne here. <laughs> Dave's fast. <laughs> Uh, it continues to roll its way forward. It's actually moving at half speed, but it's still relatively quick as it moves forward. Its tentacles flailing around it um, as, again, with its massive size, it reaches out, touching the surrounding water, walls, all the rest of that, since it is uh, large enough that its tentacles can reach from one wall to the other as it steadily makes its way forward, as if a, a blind creature feeling for prey in the uh, the deep darks of the ocean. As it approaches, uh, Hollis and Citra... You feel this horrible, unsurprisingly, disturbing, deeply disturbing sense roll over you as this tentacled thing flails around in the darkness ahead of it. Now, it has a creepy aura of creepiness. I don't suppose it's an aura of despair, is it? Ooh, well, that'd be good for you. <laughs> From the uh, the utterly disturbing sensation that is rolling over all of you as this thing begins to approach. Mm. Kantar. Now you see one of these tentacly boys. Well, good news. Yeah, I was going to say, good news. Sudi sees a target. Um, it's very noodly. Sudi sees a noodly target and you has no idea what to, do, <laughs> what to do with it. So Sudi is going to uh, move up, uh, you know, just ne- just uh, in front of Hollis, get big uh, so that he's not in face-to-face contact with it. And uh, I'm going to, I guess, punch it and find out what happens. <laughs> So enlarge yourself. So basically one foot planted on the walkway off towards the right-hand yeah, side. Yeah, one foot in the water, like... Yeah, as your foot goes down into the uh, the waist-high water, it only comes up to knee-high to you now as you explode to double your height. Uh, so stride he your way forward. the urge to lift up his foot and repeatedly and shake, shake it, his paw. shake it out. Like, <laughs> <laughs> he's kicking. He's kicking. That's how he's keeping that foot wet. Yeah, wet. exactly. He just like, he switches yes. to kicks. Um, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kick this tentacle snake thing, eel thing. Sudi, okay. picture it as a ball of yarn. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. All right, so I roll a 13, which is a 38 uh, to kick this creature. A 38 will hit your blinded foe as your fist lashes Ayo. out at it. Okay, that is 
math, 16 uh, points of bludgeoning damage, and hopefully it's not immune to bludgeoning. 16 points of damage, your fist slams into it. His toe beans. The good news is uh, it is not immune to bludgeoning. Yay! Uh, the bad news is your fist slams into it. Again, most of the, you think, physical impact of it almost dissipates uh, as your fist slams into it, as you realize that this is some sort of incorporeal being. Uh, although the magic yep. inherent in your fist still does cause some injury to it. Uh, so this thing is uh, incorporeal. Mm. Yeah, that makes Great. sense. Great. Wonderful. And that's the end of Sudi's turn. <laughs> From Sudi. As Sudi prepares for the harm that is going to be done to his body coming up. A third one. Oh, no. Douglas. <laughs> Douglas. <laughs> well, you have Dave. Dave, Suzanne, and Douglas. Oh, is that Wiggles Suzanne? his way forward. This can be Douglas. There's three Looks of them, apparently. Looks passed over towards two again. Yeah, he's going to try it. Uh, waves Stop his tentacles in a spell-casting uh, motion. Actually, you know what? Two resisted that first round. Sudi's big. Uh, Sudi, go ahead and make me will save. As this creature comes rolling Lovely. towards you. Okay, uh, is this a fear effect, mind affecting, death effect? Mind affecting. Let's see if I get additional bonuses. Uh, it is a compulsion effect. Enchantment. Enchantment. All right, so I start with a 22, so that's a good starting point. It's not bad. Uh, okay, so that's a 12, uh, which is a 34. 34? Uh, yeah, you feel that, sadly, at this point in your adventures, that all-too-familiar sense of, uh, of something wiggling around in your brain, that attempt at uh, confusion or insanity, um, as you have been subject I'm to before, most insane. famously in the Sightless Sphinx. Uh, however, you do like buckle down and resist the uh, the maddening effects of this. Great, these things can cause insanity. Wonderful. Eh, weekly boys like course. that. Feels appropriate. From Sudi, we go to Neferuset. I wish to see her art. <laughs> well, we can't really see her yet. Can we? No, I can't see her yet. Oh, I can barely see her where I'm at. So yeah, you guys can't see her. Yeah, I can't see her. If Jordan can barely see her, that's. Oh, she's so oh. cool. I love her she's... bra over her mummy body. <laughs> yeah, she has a she does have a golden bra on, like a it's golden delightful. bikini. So at the at the edge of your visual range, you can see this. Dibs on the golden bikini. Mm. Yes, <laughs> this All right, short, emaciated, this mummified feminine form wrapped in linens from the neck down, wearing this regal regalia covering her body, capped on top with a red dechert crown and the gold jewelry of royalty. Her eyes glow with the fires of madness and malice, this brilliant shade of red, and cloaked about her, even in the dispelling effect of Masika's brilliant burst of light, is this cloak of darkness that clings to her flesh and writhes over her, oh. lifting her up as behind her are spread wide wings that look like skeletal wings of black night that stretch from wall oracle? to wall. Shadow she might be. feels right. She might be I mean, a shadow that, oracle. Yeah. yeah, that's a good mystery. I don't know if there's a domain that gives you a similar effect, but that's cool. Mm. Well, she has she to will die. Consider but I do like and of course, she would moment. be able to fly. Heck yeah. You can't marry the sky pharaoh without being able to fly. Oh my god. Yep, she'll consider that for a moment. She's already gained the effects of that once, so... Yep, uh, she just extends a hand forward, cries out to the powers of darkness. Uh, the only thing that you understand from that, as we've established that none of you speak, uh, Aklo, is the nope. word Nerlathotep. Yeah, uh, yeah. 
Yep. Yeah. Well, we guessed that well, one. Well, yep. Yeah, so, yeah we, we guessed that one, right? Everybody Sam. check that off on your bingo card. <laughs> right. I'm pretty sure that uh, Heather had that from the get-go. <laughs> 100%. Forming directly next to Sudi and in front of Hollis is a second black orb oh, of darkness. Really? Freaking spontaneous casters. She's, she then she's a just, freaking oracle for sure. She then reaches up a hand to her mouth and seems to almost blow as if blowing something off the top of her hand as the thing rolls forward and over Hollis. Oh. Uh, reaching her turn, it immediately stops moving for that round and Hollis gains one negative level as it rolls into her. Wow, there's no save or anything for that? Nope, there's not even a way to avoid it. Wow. That's sucky. It is an eighth I level like spell. So. I mean, yeah, I'm feeling that. I'm feeling the eighth level spell right there. That's awful, especially to do that to the caster. Uh, so that is a minus one penalty on all ability checks, attack rolls, combat maneuver checks, combat maneuver defense, saving mm-hmm. throws, and skill checks. Uh, you reduce its, your current and total hit points by five for each negative level, so five. Count as one purpose lower for the purpose of level dependent variables, such as spell casting for each negative level possessed. Uh, you do not lose any prepared spells or slots as a result of the negative level. Okay, cool. That's what matters. Yep. Um, and of course, if you gain a number of negative levels equal to or higher than your hit die, you die. Mm. And possibly something worse happens. Uh, not in this <laughs> case. Usually it'd be right. like if it's an undead draining you, it would break you back as undead. But this is just a spell. Just a spell, he says. She'll hold her ground there. From Neferuset, we go to two. Get her two. <laughs> Two's going to have to get Holy to a spot smite? where two can actually hit. <laughs> yeah. Well, here's the problem that two's running into right now. Any creature passing through its the space of that sphere gets gains a negative it. level, and he's huge size. Oh, well, I'm going to deal with this sphere if you want to wait. Um, yeah. Or yeah, two will go spells. ahead and delay. Oh, yeah. He, uh, do well, he does have spells, but he like you guys still haven't identified these things, so he's a little reticent to actually he could just drop a Holy Smite on them. They're definitely evil. They're, they're definitely evil. I mean, they feel that. Like, she wouldn't summon in something neutral. No, no. With all this blood? Not with all this blood. <laughs> Two will go ahead and just drop a holy smite. Why not? Mm. Uh, it's 20-foot radius burst, so he'll go ahead and put it Hit the between front, the, the, the three thingamajigs. Yeah, the three technically monsters there in the front. So he will need to roll for their spell resistance. Let's go ahead and get those. Uh, ooh, not a great roll for each of those. Uh, that is a... 27, a 20, and an 18. Jeez, he Yow. rolled terribly for those. Hopefully the, their spell resistance is non-existent. <laughs> the 27 effects, however, the other two do not. So uh, the one that's actually the one that's already blinded is also affected by this Holy Smite. So let's see what oh, happens. That's because Dave can't see. Yeah, <laughs> he can't see to get out of the way of it. We know who the weakest link is in this trio. It's definitely Dave. <laughs> Poor Dave, man. <laughs> Also, a uh, 17 on his will save will uh, will not save. So Yay. it does take the full blast of this. Blast him. He is an outsider. He is evil, but he is not an evil outsider. Oh. Not capital E. So he does fail, which would mean he would be blinded for one round. So uh, that's kind of great. <laughs> and we're just layering on the blindness here. Poor Dave. One day away from retirement, too. Probably. <laughs> yeah. On his final So that is uh, 26 mission. points of damage to... <laughs> The tentacly monster. Actually, sorry, that is 13 points of damage because it is a corporeal source. Since he is an incorporeal being. Two narrows his eyes and we'll go ahead and uh, go ahead and take a five foot step forward, looming up behind Sudi. The only person that can make Sudi feel small right now. Yep. (laughs) 
that brings us to the next of the Tentacly Monsters, the first one that it rolled forward. Uh, it's already attempted its ability there. Yeah, but there's no real good way to get into you guys right now, because... Ah, there's a good way. So it glides its way forward, flying 25 feet forward, uh, lashes out at Sudi with a tentacle attack with its flyby attack as its tentacle what? shoots out, slices at Sudi before it begins to spring back away. Flyby attack! So, Flyby attack. Fun time. Wow. Suzanne's not screwing around. Man, Suzanne's, Suzanne's clearly the leader of the party here. Uh, that is a 32 to hit the monk. Uh, actually doesn't hit. Wait, no, I'm big. That hits me. Oh. 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 Oh, so I thought oh. I was going to be all right, but I'm not. So the tentacle so lashes out. It hits you. It doesn't strike you so much as it just goes into you. Dills. So much damage. No, no. Only eight points of damage. But, There's a butt but. in there. As it rolls across you, you feel this imbued with what you can only describe as this icy coldness. For a second, it's almost like you can't breathe, as if the air is compressed inside of your lungs, as if everything goes dark for a moment. As if, Great. once again, you're floating inside of this black, lightless void, much as I believe oh. Masika was yesterday. Oh, my gosh. Right, by Great. yesterday, I mean literally the last room. Yeah, like, this has been a very long morning. <laughs> I will need you to make me a fortitude save. Oh, lovely. Is this, is this, uh, this isn't a spell effect. I assume it's supernatural. Supernatural. Yep. All right. Oh, boy. Um, all right. I roll a <laughs> okay. seven for a 28. A 28 will save. Yay. Oh, boy. Oh. The good news of that is uh, instead of the 23 points of damage and the other really bad effect, uh, you actually only take 11 points of damage. Uh, it is all cold damage. Okay. Oh. As the tentacle slices through you, it then springs back. Uh, that does, uh, since it is using flyby attack and not spring attack, that does provoke an attack of opportunity from Sudi if he so wishes to take it. I will do that. <laughs> That's the sound Sudi makes. What just happened? That, okay, it literally bounced off of my desk, bounced off of my chair, and then like went next to the power supply. That was pretty intense. <laughs> uh, so Sudi rolls a 19. That is going to be a 44. 44? will strike your target as your fist lashes out at the roiling ball of tentacles. Yep, so that is uh, 17 points of damage. 17 points of damage. So that's going to be halved for eight. Yep. But still a good hit as you lash out, striking back out of it, kind of trying to grab onto the tentacle that just like burrowed its way into your shoulder and has left this rime of ice covering your shoulder and like your right, uh, the right side of your pectoral. Lovely. Lovely. From this that creature, suck. we go to Hollis. Hollis, uh, you do begin your turn inside of its aura. All uh, three of again, their auras. Now that the, uh, actually not the last one. Uh, Sudi's inside of the range of all three, but Hollis is just outside oh, okay. of the range of that last one. All right. Hollis, you are again blasted by this overwhelming, deeply disturbing presence of these creatures. I will need a will save. This is a mind affecting fear effect. All right, so 14 plus two because of the Senate board, minus one because of level drain stuff and things. It probably ends its turn in the thing. Uh, well, first off, it's one will save because their auras actually overlap and strengthen one another instead of requiring multiple rolls. So oh, for oh, every fun. one that you're inside of its aura, it, the DC actually goes up again. Okay, well, I roll 29. 
So a 29 does succeed. You are creeped out because there are these two tentacly things. To be perfectly honest, the one being blind almost makes it worse as it's just gently stroking every surface around it as it feels its way forward. Okay. Hollis Starkweather. So I've got a lot of things to do this turn, starting with what the (laughs) heck are these? You may make me a knowledge the planes. Actually, two could have made that also. I forgot that uh, two is exceptionally knowledgeable about planes. I'll see if he rolls higher than you. Unlikely. Uh, I roll a 16 plus two minus one is 44. Okay. Yes, you roll much better than two does. (laughs) Well, we'll see how long that lasts. It probably won't last when I actually need it. Well, I missed my disintegrate. Yeah, it is what it is. So 44, you do know what these are. This is a creature known as a Neshmal. In the vast dark spaces between the stars hold horrors aplenty, skulking in the unholy blackness with their aberrant desires and unspeakable appetites. Some of these beings exist simultaneously in two worlds, half in the emptiness of space and half in some other dimension of which mortals dare not even dream. The Neshamal are such a race. Aliens of such inscrutable malice and hunger that even most other denizens of the darkness avoid them. These strange beings view the humanoids populating the universe as either cattle to eat or playthings to manipulate like marionettes. Cool, cool, cool. Okay, that's not great. So uh, basically, yeah, you are aware that they exist both in the material plane and the dimension all their own. Hmm. I don't love it. You may ask four questions pertaining towards the Neshmal. Apparently Delightful. you read a treatise on these once. Well, I did. This was my specialty in university. It was planes and weird magic. Okay. Um, definitely going to start with special defenses, like for sure. What are those special, special defenses? Special defenses. Uh, first off, they are incorporeal creatures. Mm. Um, and such, they get all the standard defenses of being incorporeal. So they have no physical bodies. Um, magic... Uh, they can only be harmed by other incorporeal creatures, magic weapons, or creatures that strike as magic weapons and spells, spellic abilities, supernatural abilities, blah, blah, blah. Uh, it's immune to all non-magic attacks. Even when hit with uh, spells or magic weapons, they only take half damage, except for channeled energy or if you have something like a ghost touch weapon. Hmm. In addition to that, you are aware that they are immune to the cold. They are also resistant to electricity and fire and ah, all magic. You. Finally... They do have weakness, although knowing what their weakness is, is a separate question. I would love to know the weakness. Yeah, that would be great. Neshmal have a vulnerability to Sonic. Yes. Neshmals uh, are okay. native to the noiseless void of deep space or their own alien dimension. And as a result, are especially vulnerable to Sonic damage. Magical attacks that cause Sonic, sonic damage bypass the Neshmal spell resistance, and they take half again as much damage on a failed save. If a oh, Neshmal fails a saving throw against an effect that deals sonic damage, it has a 25% chance of also being stunned. Perfect. That's okay. amazing. You still have two questions remaining. Oh, uh, special attacks, because that seems bad. Special attacks. Uh, first off, they do have spellic abilities. Know what their spellic abilities is, separate question. Mm. In addition to that, their incorporeal tentacles also cause energy drain. In addition <gasps> oh, to this... Okay. Let me get to that in a second. They do have a special ability known as Kiss of the Void. Ah! A Neshmal three times per day may forego using their energy drain on one of its tentacle attacks and instead imbue that attack, that attack with the icy coldness of deep space, oh. dealing additional cold damage and paralyzing a target on a, for, on a failed fortitude save. Wow. Okay, we don't love this. This is bad. Yeah, that's bad, y'all. It's real bad. Real bad. Let's do special uh, special spell thingy bobbies that they have. 
Their spell like abilities? Yes, those things. Uh, first off, they are under the constant effects of an indoor element spell. Hmm. Just cause. Sure. Secondly, they may thrice per day use confusion. Always fun. Ah. Great. And great. control summoned creature that allows them <laughs> to hijack control of a creature that has been summoned. That's kind of cool. Okay. Mm. Real uh, once per summoner. day, they may dominate person. Oh, oh even better. <laughs> okay. Great. Great. Well, An interesting well. thing about the dominate person is a Neshamal can dominate only one target at a time using its dominate person spell like ability. If a Neshamal uses dominate person spell like ability on a new target while already dominating another creature, the previous target is immediately released from the Neshamal's control. But they can only do that once per day? Uh, they can only do it once per day, but it does have a longer duration. Yeah, but if they try to dominate duration. a separate person, then they lose the first person. Okay. All right. Awesome. So... Step one, I'm going to use <laughs> this Rod of Quicken, part two. All right. And go ahead and dispel this weird orb. Okay, round two, same as the first. Yeah, we don't we don't love... Oh, that's even better roll, which is good because I'm slightly lower. So that's a 16 plus 15 because, you know, level drain for a 31. Yep. A 31 will succeed as you chant and tone gesture out and the orb disappears, winking back out of existence as you rip away once again the uh, the strings controlling it. Probably thinking to your help, yourself that you hope someone gets back to her before she summons it a third time or something. Yeah. Well, I want to get back there and mess with her, but then you said that they're vulnerable to Sonic. <laughs> and I'm a wizard with greater shout. So yes! <laughs> that's what I'm going to go ahead and do. Um, I pull out, I go, <clears throat> I pull out a tiny little ivory horn and I cast shout. <laughs> I love that. I love the idea. You said a little tiny ivory horn. Like you do little, like it's a little kazoo. It <laughs> oh my gosh. It's like the noisy cricket. Yes. I guess so. <laughs> it's a 60 foot cone. Yes. Anger suits and noisy I'm cricket. <laughs> I'm assuming I can miss Sudi. Yeah, the first square will target then, and then it can uh, it stretch out. How long's the uh, the range on that? It's 60 a sixty feet? foot cone. I don't think it'll hit her. I could take a five foot step, but then I have to count. You know what? I will take a little five footer. Uh, cast you'll have defensively. To cast on the defensive. Okay. Okay. So stepping forward, uh, real quick, because this actually gets into something that Hollis doesn't know about them, because uh, unfortunately mm. you did not get into their special qualities, which includes their aura. Um, oh yeah. While oh, within that aura, cast. because of the disturbing nature of these creatures, uh, you do take a minus four penalty on the DC, on the, uh, uh, your cast on the defensive checks. Oh, it negates combat casting. Wow. Interesting. Wow. Well, that's okay, because the dice are still favoring me. So we'll see. So it's a minus four. So it's just going to cancel out my benefit for my divine boon or whatever. All right. So that is a 17 on the die. I'm a 15th level caster now because of the other thing. And this is a concentration check, so I get to add my intelligence. That's a 40. Okay. And I believe Shout is a 4th level a, spell? It's Greater Shout. It's an 8th level spell. Oh, jeez. Greater Shout. Wow. Yeah. Um, so that's greater 16. That'd be DC 31. So yeah, a 40 definitely does succeed. <laughs> Great. Because I think I can get her in it. I think 60 yeah, feet is Yeah, she's exactly her. 60 feet away from you now. Yep. So um, you said it bypasses their spell resistance? It automatically bypasses their spell resistance. It does not automatically bypass hers. Okay, well, I'll try for So hers. I will we'll need you to roll to overcome her spell resistance. Oh, there's that. That's bad. You do not take the minus four on this. You just take the minus one from your level drain. I rolled a five for a 24. A 24 will not overcome mm. her spell resistance. Yeah. I don't know it was worth a try. However, it does still hit uh, all three of these 
these guys. So uh, what am I needing to roll? Fortitude save. Uh, the reflex okay. save is for items, and I don't think we need to worry about that. No. So I need so to yes, make three fortitude, fortitude saves is what I'm hearing. Indeed. All right. So I got a 29, a 23, and a 25. Two fail, and the highest one saves, which is great because it means that um, the ones that fail are going to take a bunch of damage. So let me roll that. They take 33 sonic damage and then whatever their bonus of that is. Additionally, okay. they are stunned for a round and deafened if it matters. And it could matter. That would be 49 points of damage to the two that felled. This Great. is from a corporeal yes. source still, but they are vulnerable to the sonic. Mm. So... And then half to the one that passed. Uh, actually, as a, an interesting side note, uh, it specifies under their vulnerability to uh, Sonic that if they save, they actually t just take full damage because they're still vulnerable. <laughs> so it's not like full and then half and everything oh, yeah, else. They just half take half and then it's full. Yeah, okay, they take cool. regular damage on a fell. Uh, and then the two that failed are also stunned and deafened for eight rounds. I don't know if deafened matters, but they're deafened. The stun matters. Okay. The, stun the stun definitely matters. matters. So there is a, an echoing shout as these things reverberate from the impact. Again, they're uh, incorporeal, so they're not taking a ton of damage from that, but it definitely affects them rather poorly. And that's my turn. I also strangely need to... Well, no, they they failed against an effect that causes stunning. I'm not going to worry about them, because uh, if they fail a saving throw against an effect that deals sonic damage, they also have to roll to see if they're stunned. But they're oh. already stunned because it's shot. It's shout. And it's the shout. Is their shout stun longer stack. than one round? No, it's specifically one round. Mm. The same as shout. Okay, well, then they're stunned. I don't they're care. Stunned. They're stunned, and I'm happy about it. From Hollis, we go to Masika <laughs> of the Beckon, starting her turn just out of range of their aura. All right. Well, Masika's going to try to banish. Um, I can do 32 hit die. I'm hoping that's enough to at least get two of them. Uh, they need to make a will save, and I need to make spell resistance. And I believe mm -hmm. it starts with the lowest hit die and then makes its way from there, correct? Yes. I'm assuming if they have different hit die. So, so uh, obviously if it allows for spell resistance, go ahead and roll the spell <laughs> resistance. All right, well, I roll a 17. That's 37. Yeah. Okay. And then so they the need first to one make makes a 29 for its will save. Uh, yes. So it just continues on to the next one. So go ahead and roll for spell resistance for the next one. That's a perfect 20 for a 40. <laughs> a 40 will succeed. He gets a will save. That's not nearly so good. That is a 22 for his will save. That'll fail. Goodbye. Very well. Love it when they so fail. Uh, you extend a hand, he blinks out, and you still have enough hit die to attempt to affect the third one. Uh, I roll a 15 for a 35 on my spell resistance. 35 gets through. That is, however, a 25 for his will save. It's just one high enough to pass. Ah. Uh, on this plus side, you did dismiss the only one that wasn't stunned, so... <laughs> Bye, Douglas. He's gone. <laughs> so again, you uh, you present your holy symbol of power and uh, banish one of them from. Uh, so Doug from this Douglas gets to be the lone survivor in this. The you know, t tell them what you saw here today. <laughs> uh, Masika still has a move action if she'd like to take it. I'm gonna stay right where I am. That's the end of my turn. From Masika, we go to Citra Nahamra. They're stunned. Yeah, they're both stunned. They are but I'm pretty sure there's no discernible anatomy for me to stab. <laughs> well, that and they're incorporeal. That too. Hey, don't you have uh, a thing that lets you ectoplasm strike? I have etheric strike. It makes her attacks do positive energy, which would do nothing. Yeah, these. it's versus haunts yeah. and undead. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's a hey, little different. Then you don't have to try to flink, which is nice, I guess, because they're wiggly. 
Yeah, I mean, I don't really have a lot. I was hoping that maybe I could whip out some of these lightning bolts uh, that I have from the wand, but... They're resistant. Uh, they're not they're immune, resistant. but they're resistant. I, I, you know, actually, I still might be able to do more damage with the lightning bolt. Because with my kukri, I only do 1d4 plus 7. Could you get them and her? Like one of them and her? I don't know where she is. Oh, right. You can't. She's like straight ahead of me. Straight ahead of you. I mean, I... Is Citra flying? Yes. I have Overland Flight on. So, I mean, you could fly in front of Hollis and try your best. You know what? I'll do that. I'm going to pull my wand of lightning bolt out. Okay. Uh, which I have a wrist sheath, so that's... Yes, I will snap my fingers, put away my kukri, uh, spring load my wand into my hand, do okay. a 10-foot float in front of Hollis, and then I shall cast a lightning bolt, uh, caster level 10, straight down the middle of these two things, and then at uh, our friend at the other end. Hollis is like, nice. Uh Do me a favor. And go ahead and make me a will save because you did start your turn inside of one of their auras, not both of theirs. So it is a uh, will save against uh, fear effect. That was that was a real good roll. So Yay. I think I'm probably okay. I rolled a 17, okay. which gets me a 28. 28 will succeed. You fly oh, your way forward. They are both <laughs> stunned, so they can't take attacks of opportunity on you as you close. I will need you to also roll spell resistance three times. Oh, Lord, that one might be hard. That is a uh, 14 for 24. Okay. An 11 for 21. Okay. And a 15 for 25. Okay, and that's for Neferuset. So the, I guess the good news is it does affect the one immediately in front of you. Hey. And however, it does not overcome the spell resistance of the next two in line as it streaks across the distance. Yeah, well. Ouch. So I do need to make a reflex save. That's a 21. Yeah, that'll save the save DC 16. All right. So he still does take... Half, so, and then half again, because it's also a corporeal source. Gosh darn it! Well, it, honestly, it's still probably more than I would have done with my my kukri. So fair. Citra rolled uh, thirty three damage, so half that would be sixteen. Yep, a fork of lightning shrieks across the distance, uh, slicing into the first one uh, with no effect on the second, and then just bounces off whatever protections Neferuset has on the far side of the chamber. All right, I'll get her with my kukri. All right. Uh, that brings us to the blinded one, who is stunned. Oh, Dave. Yep. Uh, he just kind of wavers there. I love it. Uh, from there, that will end his stun, but not his blindness. We go to Sudi Kantar. <sighs> All right. Um, time to go to work. Uh, so Sudi is going to full out attack. <laughs> what has he been doing up until now? <laughs> Don't forget your plus one to hit and damage from Hootie. All right. Hootie here we go. Sudi. Oh, there we go. All right. I was going to make that reference, but Jess beat me to it. Hootie and the catfish. Technically. Oh, Hootie and the Catfish. <laughs> yeah. Yes. How did Hootie we wait that long catfish. to make that reference? That's amazing. Um, okay, anyway. I'm holding up uh, two so fingers because that's the number of times you guys have made that reference before. Dang it. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> we love We're it so, so unoriginally original. <laughs> One of them might have hit the editing room floor, but I, I guarantee it's made its that's way out there That's why we do the joke multiple times because if we make it enough times, it'll make it in. Um, okay. That's fair. It's like lobbying. Uh, so, uh, Sudi's so going to flurry of blows. Um... I'll go ahead and use my swift action to switch to pummeling style. It's not going to make a difference to these guys, but, you know, for when I when we cut through them to get to Neferuset, you know, hey That's fair. Okie dokie. So first hit, that is a uh, 18 for a 43. A 43 will strike your target. 15 points of damage. Very well. 
a good hit. All right, that is a 14 for a 39. A 39 will strike your target. For 16 points of damage. Chip, chip, chipping away. Uh, this one's not as good. That is a nine, uh, which is going to get me a 29. A 29 will hit your target. Uh, actually, real quick, and it wouldn't have made a difference on any of these other checks. Uh, go ahead and make me that will save for their aura as well. Oh, right. Uh, so that is an 11 for a 2830. Okay. So you're good anyway. Yep. Just want to um, be thorough. Yep. Fair enough. Uh, okay. So that is then fourth attack. Wait. Or sorry. Oh, you hit, did I hit, you hit with a 29. You haven't done okay. the damage yet. I apologize. I interrupted you. So that's 19 points of damage. Okay. Continuing to slam home over and over again. All right. Fourth attack. Can you imagine if these guys also had DR? Mm -hmm. be amazing. Uh, no, I don't. I don't want to. So I don't want to imagine that. Incorporeal with DR is just mean. It's like those swarms you guys True. keep fighting that have DR. Oh God. Okay. So then <laughs> I roll a 10 for a 25. Uh, 25 will strike your blinded target. Wow. Okay. Cool. He's blind. <laughs> I mean, he is blind. So, uh, 16 points of damage. All right. Go ahead and use a key point to get an extra attack at my highest BAB. So you do like a cat with a bucket full of ills goes to town. <laughs> We've all seen Gracious. that. Uh, so I roll a 19. So that is a 44. Uh, 44 will hit your target. I just got like Simba in Lion King eating like those big worms the and big stuff. The big grubby oh, yeah. worms. Yeah, yeah. Uh, except I'm not biting them because I don't have a bite attack. Uh, so that's 13 <laughs> points of damage. Very well. I'm out of attacks now. <laughs> slam, slam, slam away as you continue to press the attack. Oh, crud. I forgot to put the plus one on all that damage. So that should be five more points of damage to them. Uh, mm -hmm. It's still standing. Still oh. hovering there. That brings right, us Nefer to Nefer set, who will summon another orb. Uh, no. Uh, let's I was do like, something is she going to do it a third time? <laughs> she's going to blow all of her eighth level spells on that. <laughs> yeah. Spontaneous casters are a-holes like that. It's true. Um, yeah, she, um, what's the range on this? Let me double check that. Oh, yeah, medium range. Oh, crud. Yep, no reason not to use this because you guys are doing a number on her. Support staff. Are there. we? I was gonna say, really, we're just we're we're hurting her. Like, well, I mean, summons. you've banished one of them already. That's her wall. Uh, that's true. That is her wall. She will step forward into the center of this this large uh, circle on the ground. Maybe. This large pentagram on the ground. Her eyes blaze to an even more brilliant shade of red as she screams out extends one hand as darkness rides at the end of her fingertips. The entirety of the room around you goes dim. And for a moment overhead in the blackness that now seems to make up the roof, through the pyramid, through the night sky beyond, for a moment you feel like something turns its gaze from an infinite distance in space downwards. Great. That's just, we love that. We love that. She calls upon the power of the Dweller in Darkness. It turns its gaze down, and I will first off need a will save from the party. Uh, okay. This is a fear mind-affecting effect. Okay. okay. So it is a fear effect, so my plus two. Does okay, something. all right. I rolled a 12 for a 31. Okay, uh, I roll an 8 for a 32. Uh, Mr. Okay. Curl is a 16, which gets her a 41. Okay. Rolled a 16 
for a 33. Mm. And two rolls a uh, 15 for a 31. Okay. God, you guys right. have such okay. good will saves. No, well, no I really don't. <laughs> I've just been doing my best to, to buff that, and I just rolled surprisingly well. <laughs> I was going to say, bonuses from the, the spell and, you know, bonuses to fear effects. <laughs> That's one of my eighth level spells. It was very expensive. Worth it. Yeah. So the good news is, uh, all of you steal your mind against the crushing, terrifying, and I use that as a capital T, <laughs> terrifying sight. As since your will save is high enough, you don't have to make the fortitude save or die. Oh, fun! As you stare up, and for a moment, this crushing weight of this dweller in darkness stares at you from the heavens <laughs> above. Oh before my you just go, yeah, I can't deal with that right now. Um, let's try to murder down. this thing. Aren't you busy and on or something? Go away. <laughs> I will point out that Narlathotep has a thousand forms. That's true. Yeah, that's true. true. But I thought true. it was the same. I thought it was this guy, the dweller. Anyway. Dweller in darkness. No, that was the haunter in the dark. Oh, that was the haunter in the dark. Not the dweller in darkness. Not the dweller in darkness and not the thing on the doorstep. It's a different thing. Yes. Um, the other guy in the dark space. Oh, I just like how Narlathotep's like, what do you want? Oh, people. Okay. I, yeah. I like the idea that he's just like, he just like kind of looks down and goes, I'll yeah, give you six dying. seconds of my time. Yeah, it's like, uh, no. they're not dying. Pff, too bad. He'll figure <laughs> it out. He just looks over uh, like, sup? Uh, even okay. if you make the fortitude save, if you have to make it, it's terrible. Because this, in fact, counts as weird, the ninth level spell. Whoa! It is just a mass phantasmal killer. It's so amazing. Wow. All right, well, you guys made your saves. You guys prep for this. This is why you prepare. From Neferuset, who <laughs> seems a little disappointed by that. Hey, can you go erase her circle or something, too? <laughs> <laughs> we go two, two. Um, Y'all need to get out of so, the way of two, so two can yeah, get in here. Yeah, unfortunately, two can't get through. <laughs> I can only yeah. do what I can do, okay? Yeah, I think turning huge might have been a mistake for him, because uh, there's no it easy way It sounded like a really maneuver. great idea until we had these Yeah, until it got things. so, there's so many large-sized creatures in here. Yeah, yeah, unfortunately for this fight, you know, two, two proved his worth in the last fight. I think this one, he's just uh, going to go ahead and actually, have to... Actually, wait. No, two can take a... Oh, no, that's... F wait, if he took a f uh, five-foot step um, diagonally, he's within 15 feet of, of Dave there in the front, right? Oh, no, yeah, but, but then he's... he's well, yeah, he's, but he's crushing Masika. <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, two, unfortunately, is just going to have to shrink down and fly his way forward because huge size is not going to work in this room. Yeah. Uh, so he does. He'll shrink down, fly his way forward, past the blinded one, and then flutter forward to put himself in reach of both of these other ones. The light from his wings flooding into the uh, the chamber beyond, into where Neferuset is. Perfect. Uh, bring us to the second of the stunned one, which is no longer stunned, but unfortunately that is his turn as he Yay. recovers. Bring us to Hollis Starkweather. Okay, I have to make some sort of save because I'm in their thing or no? No, once a creature is... Uh, makes the save, it is immune to the effect for 24 hours. Oh, cool. cool. Okay. Uh, Hollis is going to step her little self um, back. All right. Does, Hollis so back. two sheds light. Yes. You know what? I'm going to do what I'm going to do before I step back. This guy's blind. So mm -hmm. yep. I'm just going to be mean to her because that seems really fun and I want to cast a spell and she might save because, you know, that's how these things well, go She's also got spell but... resistance up, so. Oh, well, yeah. Okay. Um, I'm going to, like, look across the battlefield at our good friend Neferuset, and I'm going to cast Spellsteal, um, which I've had for a long time and I've never used, to see if okay. I can 
I create a discordant blast of energy to disrupt her available magic and uh, steal one of those spells for myself. Maybe. Okay. Cool. Hey. Uh, and works. there's a lot of It's going to tick her off. And it's really yeah. just a mess with her, honestly. Uh, but it starts with spell resistance, so I guess I'm going to roll on that. All right. I rolled a 14, so minus one, uh, 29 to get through her spell resistance. 29 will succeed. Okay, I was like, As I get to where, like, I don't know if I can. A hand out. All right, she gets a little Try save. to snake your uh, your magical, you know, powers through her uh, her defenses. Uh, she gets a will save. All right. Fail it. Fail yeah. it. Fail it. Fail it. It'd be great she gets if she a failed. Twenty-seven. But... Yeah, she does. She she passes. So it is what it is. Dang it! I've never seen this spell actually work, and I wish one day I would see it. You know, it seems like a cool spell, but I've never seen it work. Spe- will saves versus casters are yeah, always will problematic. Save versus well, I was hoping, you know, charisma-based oracle, maybe it got a little wiggle room there, but yeah. It's true. Well, I guess I'm not going to steal a third-level spell slot and uh, just have that spell to cast next turn. Uh, and then I'm going to step fun. back and uh, stand next to my friend Masika. Okay. So Hollis falls back, flutters next to Masika, gives a quick fist bump, bringing us to Masika. Almost like she tags Masika in. <laughs> <laughs> All right, friend. Your Let's turn. get ready to rumble. <laughs> That's what Narmer's doing in the back. He's like, Let's get ready. Yeah, I can't Carumble. cast what I want to cast because like everybody's in the way. So <laughs> it is what it is. I well, mean, if it helps, you know. you know, the front one is blind from your spell, so you could feasibly move up in front of Sudi and go ahead and spell cast. Can I see Neferusa up from there? Uh, you know. can if you stand right behind Citra. Citra, if I Citra, I'll hit Citra with the spell I want to cast. Oh. If, well, <laughs> then you probably can if you stand next to Citra. Oh, I need to be where Citra is. Oh well. I mean, you could delay. Citra goes immediately after you. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I will delay because yeah, I need a straight line. Delay. All right. So, Masika delays, taking us to Citra Nahamra. Where can I move to where I'm not in your way? Not just any square where you're not, basically. Just don't be where you are. <laughs> any square but where you are. <laughs> don't be where I am. Got it. Anywhere okay. but here. Um, <laughs> I'm not doing a whole lot to these things. I really need to get closer to this. Well, one of them is blind if you feel lucky. Um, again, you also did note when you blasted it with the uh, the lightning bolt that while it did have some effect in uh, everything else, they're also resistant to electricity. So. Yeah, I knew that, but I'm still yeah. doing more than my kukri. Uh, I mean, arguably no, just because of the sheer number of attacks you could get with your kukri, it would add up to possibly more. Also, true. you don't have to roll spell resistance for your slashes. That is true. Mm. Okay. So, I mean, you could drop um, your wand, snap your finger, two up and yeah, fight. Yeah, that's what stuff. I'm going to do. Uh, Citra's going to drop her wand, snap her fingers to get out her kukri again, and then uh, I'm just going to take a five-foot step over so that I can um, just attack from where I'm at. Five-foot so. hover with your overland flight. Yep. Rolled a 19 for a, a hoodie gives me a plus one. Yes, plus one yes. to hit and damage. All right, so that gets me a 40, which is a threat. A 40 will strike your target. Uh, however, cannot be uh, threatened or critical yep. due to its incorporeality. I know, that sucks. I kind of feel like, and it's not every adventure path, but I kind of feel like most adventure paths, ghost touch weapons for the rogue is so worth or, it. Yeah, mm. necessity. All right, so... Um, I don't know if I can even roll high enough with my electricity to even do anything. Since I've got a you D6 cannot. of electricity. What about the fire? Does that do anything? No. Okay. Uh, then I rolled uh, 11 points of damage. All right. Yeah. Oh, sorry. 12. Okay. Damage is damage. I mean, that's still six points after the half for being incorporeal, so. Yay. 
<laughs> Man, these things got a lot of hit points. Be a 14 for a 30. 30 will strike your foe. For 11 points of damage. Chip, Have chip, chip it away. Five points of damage. <laughs> five points of damage. Uh, unfortunately, I don't think a 17 is going to hit this time. A 17 will strike your blinded foe. Oh. Nice. Well, okay then. Yay. Uh, that would be uh, 10 points of damage. Halved five. Chip, chip, chipping away. As you begin to stab furiously at this thing. Again, it's strangely like fighting an even less substantial jellyfish as you begin just trying to slice through this I'm whatever like it Drax, is. Drax, you know, from Guardians of the Galaxy where he's just going, ah! Stab, stab, stab. <laughs> Taking us from there to Masika of the Beckon. All right, Masika will move forward to where Sitcher was. Um, I'm going to cast Sunbeam, so Yay. everything in nice. a line 60 nice. feet in front of me needs to make a reflex save. Okay, does it allow for spell resistance? Yes. Okay, I will need you to roll spell resistance thrice. Uh, 35, 26 and uh, 39. Nice. All three of those will succeed. Alrighty, so they need to make reflex saves. We're gonna 22. That fails. It's a natural one. That fails. <laughs> a 31. That'll pass. Gosh darn. Oh, okay, no. so Dave is blinded again. <laughs> <laughs> Poor <Why>? Dave. <laughs> Suzanne is also blinded. So the one closest to you is blinded, and the one back behind that one is also blinded. Yes, and they'll take 46 points of damage. So they'll take 13, halved is 6. Then Neferuset will take, because she's undead, will take the 16d6 points of damage. Yeah. Okay. Delightful. So 59, halved is... 29. 29. 29. And she's not blind because she passed her save, but yep. So a solid blast to Neferuset. I can do that four more times. Great. Nice. So nice. just, uh, yeah, I just need a clear line because it hits anybody in the line, but that's the end of my turn. Okay, so stay Did out of blast the line in front of the yeah. <laughs> yep. right. Of sunlight. That brings us to the uh, the blinded tentacle. I mean, they're both blind now, but the bl the first blinded one, the one closest to the blinded. Is it Dave or Suzanne? <laughs> yes. Dave. <laughs> Dave. Dave's the one in the yeah. front. Yes, right. he is currently uh, conducting a double-blind study of uh, full-out attacking Citra. <laughs> oh. Well, uh, actually, no, I think Sudi did the most damage to him. So, yeah, he's just going to go ahead and strike out at Sudi over there. I touch AC real low. But he's blind. Yeah. He is blind, so it is blind. a 50% mischance. We did have a, um, a listener that sent me a 100-sided dice. Oh, man. It is... It is literally two times as large as a golf ball and solid metal. Like, oh my god! <laughs> wow! If you threw this at someone, it would kill them. A listener sent you a murder them. weapon. Is yes. what I'm hearing. <laughs> yes. As in, like, if you loaded this into a, it's it looks like a, a somewhat miniature cannon. Like, if you had your own little <laughs> private uh, cannon, you could launch this at people. It's literally so big you can't roll it through your uh, dice tray. Yeah. However, <laughs> I do greatly appreciate that. It is a it is a beautiful. They also sent me an amazing set of metal dice. So uh, I appreciate Spiffy. all of that. Stop trying to help him murder us. Yeah. <laughs> let's go ahead. Let's go ahead and see. Let's see how this goes, shall we? Indeed. I forgot what we're seeing because I'm not. No, I'm thinking about that. Fifty percent mischance. Oh, okay. All right, that's an eighty-five to get through the mischance, and a thirty-five to hit Sudi's touch AC. <laughs> so yeah, I think that's it. Hitting. Golly. <sighs> go ahead and try that again. That's a seventy-four to get through the mischance, which will succeed. Boo. Okay, I'm trying Dave. to kill you. Uh, and a 37 hit your touch AC. Yeah, that hits. This is going to come up in your performance review. 
<laughs> He's performing really well for his side. I'm that last one, control. however, is a four, which will not get through the, the 50% mischance. Yay. However, it does strike you twice. Go ahead and mark down two negative levels because it's just level draining you. Oh. Uh, is, uh, is that considered energy drain? It is energy drain. I'm immune. Oh, fantastic. So. Yeah. yeah. Again, it's almost, it's almost like. Living Monolith was the right way to go for this adventure path. I know <laughs> it was the right way to go. I was like, there's no way they would they would they would they would do me like that and not have a chance for me to be immune to stuff. Alright, I do still take the damage, but yes. so well. Well now if, if he's so opting for level drain instead of Well no no, it, it does regular damage and level drain. Yeah, uh, and level drain. But he can opt to not do the level drain and do extra cold damage. This is just mm-hmm. regular damage. So uh six points from the first, nine points from the second. This is, you know, regular damage, so apply your damage. But he can't see you, so he doesn't realize he's not eating your soul. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure he could feel that he's yeah, not you eating think he would your feel soul. It. I'm hitting a rock. What is this? Rocks don't have souls. Yeah. Do they? Mm. Yep. I mean, according to my stone tell, they have some kind of intelligence. <laughs> <laughs> the first of the Neshmal does its full out attack, taking us to Sudi Kantar. Man, I could have just huggled that sphere. Ah, <laughs> oh, I didn't oh. even know. I pick it up, throw it back, but she's undead. <laughs> no, you don't want to throw it at them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she'll start throwing guys? it at the Neshmal. Yeah. <laughs> Sudi's fastball special. All right. Um, all right. So Sudi's going to full out attack once again at. Dave. All right, I roll a five for a 30. A 30 will strike your target. That is 19 points of damage. Don't forget Hootie. Oh, uh, 20 points of damage. Nice. A solid Armor's hit. Armor's just holding Hootie up like the boombox in the movies. <laughs> he doesn't say anything. Yeah, he say anything. He's John Cusack. <laughs> uh, okay, so next uh, attack, that is a 13 for a 38. A 38 will strike your foe. Uh, so that is 16 points of damage. Chip, chip, chipping away as you continue to slam into this thing. This guy's got a, a good amount of hit points and also half damage from corporeal sources. Okay, that's an 11 for a 31. 31 will strike your foe. The guy's got True. hit points, uh, so 17 points of damage. That, however, finally rends the creature Thank from existence goodness. as it Woo-hoo! dissipates as you rip through Bye, it. Bye, Dave. Okay, and then I'm going to flying kick uh, basically over Citra and Masika's head. Masika's uh, real short. It's okay. Well, it's, I imagine he does the Riker maneuver and just kind of does a big step <laughs> over. The Riker maneuver, <laughs> yes. The best part about it is it would have provoked, but they're blind. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, so you spring forward, lash right. out at the uh, the remaining of the yep, here we go. Nishmal. Stupid Nashmal. Um, okay, so that is a 14 for a 29. A 29 strikes your foe. Uh, so that is 17, 18 points of damage. Very well. Go ahead and burn a key point here. So I need to get these down ASAP. Uh, okay, uh, that is an 18 on the dice. That gets me a 43. A 43 will strike your foe. For 14 points of damage. Continuing to hammer away at this thing. That takes us from Sudi to Neferuset. She will stride her way 10 feet forward mm. up to the edge of the water and her voice echoing, continuing to chant in that aclo tongue, reverberating through uh, as she begins to speak both blasphemy and capital B blasphemy. Oh, dang. Oh, great. Uh, oh, no. As she chants out, uh, a radiating Oof. wave emanates out from her and I will need a will save from the party Sans Hollis. Oh, good for me. Next time. Oh, gosh. oh man. Oh, jeez. 
I'll tease why I think this is a good cliffhanger if two should fell. With the penalty that he takes as a outsider, he will be banished. Oh, my! No! How dare you? Oh, boy. boy. Rick giveth and Rick taketh away. He didn't giveth. We chose that. And we, I I mean Heather. Heather giveth. I want to point out the real victim here, which would be two, who has not been paid for his services yet. Oh, that would be so sad. Find the Path Ventures is an officially licensed partner of Paizo Incorporated. Mummy's Mask is copyrighted 2014. Mummy's Mask and the Pathfinder Adventure Path are trademarks of Paizo. All Pathfinder images are property of Paizo and are used with permission.